Welcome to Talk Wealth to Me, a safe space podcast where we chat about anything and everything related to personal finance. The information contained in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute as accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Hello and welcome to Talk Wealth to Me, the very, very first edition. I am Chase Peckham. I am the Director of Community Outreach here at the San Diego Financial Literacy Center and DebtWave Credit Counseling, who are bringing us this incredible podcast. And I am here with Katie Utterback, and I'm Felipe Aravalo. We are here to talk what today, fellas? Wealth. Money. Money. Yeah. Budgeting. Oh, and happy Financial Literacy Month, guys. It's April. Financial Literacy Uh, Month. Oh, yeah. April it is. (laughs) April it is. We're coming on. Almost the end. Almost the end of April. Almost the end of April. That's right. It's almost May. It is almost May. But Financial Literacy Month has been a big topic of conversation around here. And the fact is, as Felipe and I commonly laugh or giggle at to ourselves, is that Financial Literacy Month is every month. It's every month. Otherwise, those 11 months, you you can't make up for it just in April. Well, it's kind of like everything else. It's like July at National Diet Month. I mean... Not no. July for me. Fourth <laughs> of July without a hot dog? Yeah, that's true. Can't do it. I'm not, true. not really willing to give that up. Can't do yeah. it. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, so the point is, is that we want it to get to a point where everyone is consistently thinking and working on their finances without having to think about it, right? It's not something that you you want people to just go, oh, it's financial literacy month. I think I'll follow a budget this month. Yeah, right. you want to turn it into habit and just make it into something that is your everyday life. and It's something that uh, you just do constantly. It makes it easier. You don't have to concentrate on it after it's become a habit of yours. But, you know, I think for a lot of people, myself, I used to include myself in this. I was a journalist. I didn't like money and numbers. That was hard for me. But I considered myself to be intelligent. So to say that I needed help with a credit card, that seemed a little like something felt wrong. Like it was almost too embarrassing to ask for help. And that's a common theme uh, with the majority of people that we work with, that we meet, uh, upwards of 25,000 of them a year. Uh, that is the common thought process is they only ask and reach out for help or for information when it tends to be a little bit late in the process. There's a crisis going on here. Either they're drowning in credit card debt and, and they're getting phone calls from creditors or they're possibly not going to make the mortgage payment or rent payment. That's when people tend to reach out for help. And uh, that that's a little bit, Honestly, it's never too late, but that's about as close as it gets. Yeah, oftentimes it's you're, you're hearing the story and you're at, you're telling yourself uh, you'd have so many more options if you'd have called me months ago, and, and and we would you'd have more options, you'd have more things that you can do, and now it's you know you're very limited to what you can do at this point. So yeah, it's, it's like going to the doctor. You go when you have a slight tickle in your throat. You may find out that you had strep or something then 24 hours get that shot you're good to go or something you know or even something a little bit more serious like your appendix or something yeah you catch that early your chances that's right you know if you look at the symptoms Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier and reach out for help or or look at least look into the information prior to you're going to be much more apt to handle the situation that you're in Uh, and but again it gets back to people wanting to talk about 
money. And that can be very difficult and embarrassing for some people because it is a very private thing, knowing how much money, you know, letting people know how much money you make versus, you know, how much debt you have. And, and honestly, looking in, a lot of people don't even want to know the real situation they're in. They don't even want to look in the mirror and really be honest with themselves. They'd rather just kind of ignore it because as anything goes, right, we don't want to necessarily take on negative information. Uh, it's easier to just kind of ignore it. I agree with that. That's true. And happy things are easier to deal with. Yeah. yeah. But the fact is, though, that that situation still might be there. And and one of the major ways of, of handling that, and I know that this is something uh, that we talk about often, that we do the majority of our presentations uh, have to do with the budget. That's your number one presentation? It budgeting? Is. It yeah. is. In one form or another, uh, you know, depending on who we're presenting to, but budgeting, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And why is that? Uh, because everybody knows what the word budget is, right? And we will commonly ask people in our in our presentations, of, what is a budget to you? What do you think of when, when you hear the word budget? So, Katie, I'm going to put you on the spot. What comes to mind when you hear the word budget? Originally, when I used to think of budget, I used to take that as you're putting a limit on how many new clothes I can buy. That's what I thought. And worse than that, I thought I didn't need a budget because on a journalist salary of $28,000, once I paid my rent, the rest was for champagne or like whatever, whatever <laughs> I wanted. I wasn't thinking about it. I think I had one class with Felipe when I first started working here. I suddenly learned what a budget was. It was making sure that I wasn't living beyond my means. My whole life changed. It's a it's a big deal. It is. And oftentimes we get things like the word budget. What feeling does it bring? Scary. Stress. And when a good budget can quite can mean quite the opposite. It can be a stress reliever. It could be remove fears about money because you know now where your money is supposed to go. And now you're aware of the situation and you have a clear plan to move on and, you know, accomplish whatever those, whatever your financial goals are. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. And, and Katie mentioned it right at the beginning, but it's limiting, which is a negative t kind of connotation, right? You, and you hit it on the head 100% is that we have a tendency to think that a budget would be limiting to us. When it's not, it's just the opposite. It's, the opposite. it's knowledge, right? Budget, yeah. we say it all the time, a budget is knowledge. And I mean, we, we talk about how many, how many, do you use a calendar? For like events and yeah. stuff? Oh yeah. You use a calendar for your day. Like Absolutely. You have a, I would be lost without it. You'd be <laughs> lost without it, right? So you'd feel like you'd forget all about it. I know, Felipe, with the amount I've, of stuff we have going on every day. Multiple calendars. Yeah, personal <laughs> calendar, right? Yeah. And if we didn't have that, we would forget that we had an appointment here or we had a presentation there or we had to get the kids to soccer practice yeah. and baseball practice and everything else. And essentially, we're doing what with our time? It's time management, right? That's sure. a nice way we would put it. But essentially, we're budgeting our time yeah, to use it in the most efficient way and not forget. So why wouldn't we do that with our own personal finances? That's the question that you know most people have to ask themselves is how can we do something efficiently if we don't know how we're really doing it? We're just kind of spinning our wheels through the days. 
and it's not that hard, but yet, as you said earlier, that as a journalist student, mm-hmm. that you felt like I hated numbers, I wasn't good with them, and everything else. The honest truth is you don't have to be good, because I'm not either, but, but you don't right. have to be good with numbers. I was limiting myself, to use your own word, and I was coming from this place of like scarcity, almost, where it was, I wasn't necessarily thinking about a budget as being a roadmap to get what I wanted. I viewed it as this thing is limiting what I'm trying to spend. But now after I listened to Felipe, he was like, hey, are you paying yourself first? Like you're going to work, but are you actually making sure that you're saving money so that if something happens to you, you're okay? And then it hit me. I was not doing that. Most of us don't. Most of us save last. Yeah. You know, whatever's left over. And the fact is that most of the time there aren't, there isn't anything left over. And what there is left over, you're not going to deplete and put into your savings because you want that little nest egg to be there in case something happens at the end of the month. So yeah, it's got to, you got to flip the thinking. You know, we pay everybody else at the beginning of the month. Why not us? Why not pay yourself? Pay the most important people in, in your life yourself. And then, I mean, we do it with our 401ks, right? That comes out of our paychecks. Um, All the different... um... But even with a 401k, when I was making $28,000, I didn't feel like that was enough money that I had time to save. I didn't contribute. I didn't choose to contribute to a 401k at that point because that was, again, where every dollar was like, I need to spend you. You are limiting me. got to have that champagne. Got to. (laughs) (laughs) When you interview attorneys all day, they're sometimes in need of a little bit of bubbles. (laughs) I can only imagine, as as I had a father that was an attorney. Yeah, I I would imagine you need a lot of bubbles. (laughs) So, Felipe, when when, when you meet with people, uh, and you you get the opportunity to meet with people one-on-one here at the SDFLC quite a bit. Yeah. So how is it? that you go about with talk this sensitive subject, people that are typically scared or frightened, um, just very apprehensive. Uh, how is it that you handle uh, working uh, and talking about money with them? Yeah, the first step is, is going to be try and put them at ease because if they're coming to you, the, the, oftentimes, you know, as you mentioned earlier, they've reached a point where they realized, oh, wow, I really need help now. So it's a matter of you know trying to put them at ease and trying to gain their trust. It's important to have that trust between uh, who you're talking to. Otherwise, why would you share very personal information like your money with someone you don't trust? Um, and then it, it, the, the first step of the actual talking about money is going to be finding out what their goals are. Finding out why do you want to budget? Why do you want to save? And we all have financial goals, whether we have sat and thought about them as financial goals or not, because we all have something we want to buy, something we want to save for, and you know nothing out there is free. So you have to, you know, figure out what their goals are and then have that be the motivating factor so that they stay on budget so that that, you know, I could put numbers on a piece of paper and say, here's your budget. But if they don't go home and live that budget, it does them no good. Yeah. And that's, that, that is exciting, right? It's putting something in front of you that you can accomplish. And if you are, have something to work towards, if you have something that you are, what, no matter what the motivation is, if you have something to work towards, you're going to tend to stick with it. You're going to tend to want to accomplish it. 
where if just the opposite, if you have nothing to work towards, you're just spinning your wheels and there's not really that motivate. It's just out of desperation and fear that you might do the budget for a little bit, but that long standing short-term goals and long-term goals is incredibly important. How, how often do you guys recommend people budget? I mean, is this something that people should be updating weekly, daily, monthly, every six months? Initially, I think it'll take a little bit more uh, attention if you've never budgeted before, if this is your first go at it. Uh, you may fail the first time. In fact, you may fail the first few times. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't always come naturally to most people because you know, is it more fun to save money or spend money? And sometimes for most people, it's spend. Uh, but, you know, initially it will take a lot more revising, a lot more until you get it right. And then, you know, you can do it maybe like a monthly budget checkup. If you have a significant other, you want to schedule a budget date night or personal finance night where you just talk about money. And anytime you have any big change to your personal finances, you move, you uh, your pay changes in any way, you buy a car or you plan on buying a car, hopefully you look before you buy it, uh, you know, you end <laughs> up you having kids or adopting a puppy, you know, it's all going to be a different shift in your finances. So you want to go ahead and revisit those, uh, preferably before you, you make the expenditure so that you're prepared for it. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing is, is budgeting really honestly, eventually will become a daily thing. Um, as you are watching what you're, you know, where you, you're kind of documenting where you're spending your money. Now, when I say a daily thing, that doesn't mean you're spending consistent time on it every day. It could just mean that you happen to, you're, you're keeping track of what you spent, mm -hmm. um, on an, on an app or, or in a software that you like to use on your home computer or your laptop or whatever it may be. But it's really just kind of being an accountant for you or, or the CFO of your, of your home. Right. I mean, I'm married and she's probably the president, CFO, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm the director in there somewhere. <laughs> but the point, point is we discuss kind of where our money's going. We know um, once a month, it's like a meeting, just kind of where we are, how we're doing. Oh, you know, this month, oh, man, you know, Clay's uh, baseball, travel baseball team came out. And we, uh, we owed, you know, so much for that. So that's going to that's going to put a little dent in us. So we're going to have to be careful, you know. We're going to have to figure out taking somewhere from something else. Uh, but that's something that we do. It's now a consistent thing. And that, that takes a while. It's not always the way it is, but it eventually will become uh, whatever's best for the individuals. The, the important thing is, is that they just do it. And the more often they do it, the more they see that they're gaining ground on things, right. that they're actually putting money away, that they're actually not you know, having to use the credit cards every month to, to spread that gap, to, to, to try to, you know, as Brad Pagano used to say all the time, and it made me laugh is you want to make sure that there's uh more month than money uh, instead <laughs> <like> of, <laughs> uh, you, you know, or uh, there isn't more month than money that you, that you have more money than month. And that's really, really important to kind of think of it that way. And once you get into that kind of style, that kind of lifestyle, it just becomes like anything else when you wake up in the morning, like when you're, if you never worked out and now you get up and you're trying to get up at four o'clock in the morning to work out because you don't have any other time, that first couple of weeks, that month is going to be excruciating. It could be really, really tough. Once you do it every so often or you're doing it every day, 
then it just becomes of your everyday life. It's part of you. It's something that you just do naturally. So it's not something that you're working uh, that's out of the norm for you. So if it's just a matter of literally creating those goals that you talked about earlier, finding out what it is that you're going to, it's going to take that you think it's going to take to accomplish those goals and taking those baby steps to do that. Once you do that, it just becomes like your everyday life. Yeah, and you mentioned working out. It's like if you're in the habit of working out all the time and you skip a day or two, you start to feel bad about it and you start saying, whoa, I didn't go to the gym. Why did I skip it? You know, budgeting becomes the same way. If you budget all the time and then all of a sudden you go out and buy something you shouldn't have bought, you start to second guess yourself and say, oh, wow, why did I buy that? Uh, and Because it's become proper money management has become so uh, ingrained in what you do that when you fall out of it, you know, and, and we all can fall out of it from time to time is, you know, you start to ask yourself, why did you do that? Why did you buy that? You know, why didn't you hold back? That And that's always easier said than done because there's the human element. Right. That's true. I mean, yeah. most purchases that we make, most decisions we make are emotional. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're nobody's above that. My wife is extraordinarily at type A personality, but yet even she, and even I, I mean, we, we both, even though we do this for a living, we still go buy things that we wouldn't normally go do because it's, it's emotional. We're at a certain point where I really needed those jeans or I really needed that car or whatever it might be. You try to make the most educated guess you can, but if you're just keeping track enough to where you know that, okay, this purchase isn't going to affect my rent or this purchase isn't going to affect uh, the kid's school or it's going to affect uh, whether I can put gas in my car, then that, that you're in a better state if that's the case. You, it's, gotta leave, that's what the budget does. It allows you to have room to make those purchases that you mentioned. And I think you said it at the very beginning of the podcast here is, is that it's going to let you feel, feel more freeing you're going to have the better ability to spend money than you thought. Yeah, it'll make it easier. What I think, too, what you guys are saying is that a budget is a living kind of thing that will evolve and change. Constantly. Absolutely. And I think for a lot kind of... Kind of like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I think for a lot of newer people to pot, or to budgeting, like myself, when you first start out, it's very intimidating. Like you were saying, do you use a program on your computer or do you use an app or where do you go how do you even start the process that's the hardest part for most people yeah just finding the right the one that works for you and the one that works for you may not be the one that works for chase or myself everybody has their own method that works best for their personality type for their family and and it's guessing and checking sometimes which format or which type of budgeting you feel more comfortable with the basics are be honest with yourself, right? What is it that you're doing? How do you be honest with yourself? And the number one way is not guessing how much you spend at the grocery store every month, right? I mean, we don't know how much we spend at Starbucks every day. We can guess. You can kind of do probably close math. Well, I go probably six days a week. Well, the only way to really know Mm -hmm. is to actually track your spending. And how do you do that? People, oh, I'm not going to do that. That that's crazy. Well, yeah, it, it 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 can be tough, but it that will literally 
guarantee you that you will find that you are spending money at a, at a, at a rate that you couldn't possibly fathom. And, and it, not that you're doing that with everything, but it, it could be something. And, and I, we bring this up over and over and over again in our presentations, but coffee tends to be <clears throat> poor. Starbucks always gets the bad rap. It sure <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah. Starbucks. And I love coffee. As much as the yeah, absolutely. Person. But it also shows that Starbucks is incredibly popular. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I'd have bought stock on it much earlier <laughs> than I did. But the idea is that if you're spending on average, you know, let's not even average, let's just say a cost of a coffee on average is around $4, all right, for whatever macchiato something or other that you, that you're buying. And a lot of people will go once or twice a day every day. And so if you're doing that at $8 at 365 days a year, that's a lot of money yeah. that you're spending. Even just during the week. Were Monday you saying that was that was my college scenario? How'd you get that one? <laughs> Yeah, that's two thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, that you're spending on coffee. But now, if you budget for that, like let's say you put it in your budget that you're going yep. to Starbucks every day, as long as you're not borrowing money from rent or gas, you're okay. Not a, not only yeah. okay, it's encouraged because this, as you said at the very beginning, it's not limiting that you're mm-hmm. going to spend. It's just appropriate. It, it's putting it where you want to put it. And there's no wrong answer. We say that right. to people all the time. We'll put a budget up and, and, and the person's over budget. And we'll look at this classroom of 40 people and all of them and look at them and go, where would you cut? You know, we know now that you're about $95 over your budget. You're spending $95 on average more than you're making. So we got to do something. So where do you cut? And it's amazing. Everybody will always say entertainment, entertainment first. Yeah. And then they'll say, well, clothing. I mean, why are you spending $125 a day? On, or a week on, or a month on clothing, everybody's got kind of a different thing, though. They'll all say, well, that or the phone or this or that. And and the funny thing that everybody always laughs at us, but we commonly say that there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There really isn't. It's I don't know what Felipe does on a daily basis. I know him pretty well, but I don't know what is really important. I don't know what is really important to you every single day. So how can we, as a, as a, as a, somebody that's helping somebody with a budget, tell you where you should cut. Now it might be, you know, we might say, well, you're $75 in the hole. You should, you have direct TV. You should cut the direct TV package down and now you should do Hulu or whatever. Well, what if that person doesn't like movies and, and he really <laughs> likes something on direct TV? That's not for us to say, but what we do know is that we need to cut $95 from something. Yeah. So you so tell me where, so this Where goes back to go? you really have to be honest with yourself and yeah, you have yeah, to be absolutely. able to be comfortable On saying this is what's important to me. This is what I need to have in my budget. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. okay. And and so budgeting for the coffee? Absolutely. Uh, a perfect example is my wife and I will talk about she loves to get pedicures and manicures. She just she likes to get her nails done. She likes to, she looks professional. It's part of her career to look nice and everything else, but she really enjoys that too. And I have no interest in any of that. I don't want people touching my feet. Although I have to admit, she made me want to go once and, and it wasn't bad. But for the most <laughs> part, I don't like my, my, feet, my feet being touched. Uh, and, I've been once. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, she doesn't care for golf. But when we put out and we know that we have so much money, I have so, we have so much earmarked for golf during the month. And we have so much earmarked for the nails and, and those kinds of things. And we have so much earmarked for the kids sports. That's 
it's like paying a bill, right? Without it being a regular occurring bill. We are, we are, we know this is what we like. This is what we enjoy. Golf for me is a release. Golf for me makes me feel happy. You need to be happy. You need to live a life that brings you joy. And what this does is this takes stresses that money brings into the equation and just takes a lot off. It makes, it takes a lot off your shoulders and that you can feel better about the decisions that you're making because you're making educated decisions in what you're buying. Where most of the time we feel guilty about buying stuff and purchasing stuff or playing golf or getting our nails done because we really don't know when we do it if there's going to be enough money at the end of the month to do it. We guess, we think there is, there might be, but we don't know. And as that the old cliche of knowledge is power, there's no doubt about it that there is power in understanding things and money is that, I mean, I would argue that there's no bigger thing to understand and know than your personal money situation and how you're going to create it. So when you go back and you make that budget for yourself, it may at first be a little painful because what? You're going to cut things out. You're going to find things that you do on a regular basis, right? That you're probably going to go, man, I spend too much money there. But does that mean you give up coffee? No. No, but you might. You instead might of having two every home. day, you might have one, right? Yeah. And you might find that, oh my gosh, not only did I save half, instead of $2,920, I split that in half, yeah. right? And I also lost 10 pounds. Yeah, because you didn't put as much sugar in your coffee as the the coffee shop. Right. When I quit the Diet Coke thing, right, that was originally because I realized how much money I was spending on it. And we use that example in my presentations all the time. That I was drinking five, six, seven Diet Cokes, Diet Pepsis a day. And from all different kinds of places, 215 at at, at uh, Wendy's. There and was a time he could tell you where every McDonald's of the drive-thru was. <laughs> I think I still can. No, it's true. <laughs> and that's because I realized that, it, you know, oh, if I go to McDonald's, it'll be a dollar. But that cut down my intake, too, because McDonald's, as many McDonald's as there are, it, it wasn't like when I was going to Jack in the Box and or 7-Eleven and or AMPM. I, I was going to McDonald's, A, because their Diet Cokes tasted better than anybody else's, pre-mixed <laughs> or whatever. But two, they were... A dollar, so a dollar eight with tax, and I knew okay. That, I mean, that my wife laughs. That's why I have change in my in my car all the time because I would use that eight cents or whatever it was to get me that dollar coke. But then it was after that time I realized I was drinking less, and then I started reading up about it's probably not the most healthy for me, um, and so I just eventually now it's just water and you know, well and bubbly water. Do you miss it? <laughs> I did, but I don't anymore oh. at all. But that's interesting. Did you ever figure out how much money you saved then? When we first figured out how much I was spending, I was tracking my expenses because as we were teaching people to do that, Mm -hmm. right, I said probably should do it (laughs) myself. Um, The textbook says. (laughs) But the the realistic part of it is is it's true. You really do. And I was spending upwards of almost $300 a month in just 32-ounce Diet Cokes with extra ice. I... My wife was like, but you're right. That's the perfect example of it adds up over time, but dollar transactions here and there, it seems like nothing. If somebody would have asked me how much I spent on diet, I probably would have said, man, 
maybe 30 or 40 bucks. I mean, I was off by a two or three. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just a little off. <laughs> just a little bit because when you're using change or you're using just a dollar out of your wallet, um, that we don't realize how much that adds up. And if you were to take that dollar or think about it, if I was to take that, what, nine, ten dollars that I was spending every day on Diet Cokes and I put half of that into a shoot into into an IRA or into something like that, put it away, Mm -hmm. how much money would I save? How much would I have? And that's kind of the way you need to think about it is, and and it doesn't have to be just savings, but it could be that that Diet Coke money paid for HBO that I really, really like. Right now you can watch and now I can watch Game of Thrones (laughs) instead of having my fifth, sixth, seventh Diet Coke Um, and I'm healthier or I can just still not have Game of Thrones and I can put that money into start a college fund for my kids that they never had. Right. Or putting it away for um, their a birthday surprise that we wanted to give them. Maybe even an extra special Christmas or something. Take your wife out to dinner. Take. Sure. Take my wife out. <laughs> sure. That, that, that sounds like a, that, that too. That's a great idea. She was saying that so you can tell her husband. To. But that's, <laughs> that's exactly the point that I think that we were trying to make here and, and trying to get to the idea for everybody is that budgeting doesn't have to be as, as bad as it sounds. No. And it's a roadmap for what you want, getting what you want out of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's letting you afford the things that you want. It's affording the vacations that you want to go on. I don't know how many times we hear over and over and over again, oh, uh, we, we don't go on vacation. I, I don't, we don't, we never, who can go on vacation? Uh, we're working all the time. And that might be the case. Mm-hmm. That might be the case. But it, I would also probably say that you probably haven't put enough into it to plan it. That, or like you were saying, you make one adjustment in your life. If you stop drinking Diet Coke, that's $300 toward trip that's maybe one or two nights in a hotel depending on where you go that's right that's true it's a big deal save it for a few months and you can go somewhere a little more outlandish yeah yeah that's right and it's it's all that's in you maybe you can afford um that the house payment that you thought you could never afford and you would because you were just renting the entire time and how and buying a home was always going to be too far off for you uh and that's just not the case the case is that you can make a mortgage work for you if you're willing to look and find it in the right spot and and that that is the honest truth that if your budget is being i mean who's driving who's steering this ship right you are so the, who says what that budget has to be that's a good you're point. making it what you want out of it the the one common denominator is there's a certain amount of money coming in if you're single it's your paycheck or your allowance or whatever it is that you, where you are in life if you're married and you have both people working then it's your two salaries. And that's really what it comes down to. And that's where it becomes very, very important. If you're married, Katie, you're brand, brand spanking new married. Congratulations, by Thank the way. Thank you. But <laughs> I would imagine that there's a lot of things that you're learning about each other now in, 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 in married life. And, and we tell people all the time that communication is probably, no, is the most important thing that you can do. And communication about money? It's a tough topic. But it's also one of the top two reasons why couples will divorce. Money is the top reason. Sex is number two. And, and I can tell you without hesitation <laughs> that a lot of times because of money, there become sex problems. 
It's true. Stress yeah. causes issues in the bedroom. It causes issues with everything. It does. And there are certain things like, cause we had to have a, an honest conversation with each other. Going back to what you were saying before, you have to have an honest conversation with yourself. What is important to you? What do you want to spend money on? My husband is very into entertainment. He likes getting lost in a really well-told story. So for us, HBO is a must. <laughs> Netflix is kind of, again, non-negotiable. We have YouTube TV to try to lower the cable bill. But then there were things that were important to me. I like pretty things. So for me, <laughs> one of the largest chunks of my budget is getting my hair done. If I have a cheap haircut and my hair looks all frizzy, I don't feel confident, I don't really want to do anything, it doesn't work for me. So that's one thing where it's almost like I spend more, but I view it as an investment in myself. Well, and you're not going to get your haircut as much. So that, <laughs> that, Maybe and, not. And that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. If you're doing things, though, that make you feel better about yourself, that doesn't mean that you're going out and buying a haircut you can't afford. What you've said is, is I'm prioritizing yes. my hair over other things that aren't quite as important to me. And that's really, again, that comes down to decision-making. And what do we yeah. tell people all the time, Felipe? This isn't a budgeting presentation. This is about decision-making. Yeah, it's, it's your choice at that point. You know, coffee's not important to you, but your hair is. So <laughs> don't drink coffee and go get a haircut. And, you know, again, hate to pick on coffee, but I love coffee. So I'd rather uh, – it's unfair because my haircut is – as we've had that conversation, you know, my haircut is far more uh, – uh, it's far less expensive. I just got hit with There's an extra to charge, with over too. There, by the way. Oh, I know. Because also, I, I could cut my own hair if I really feel out. And then if I mess up, I just go get a haircut and I'll fix it. I'll be back in a week or two. I got an extra charge now with my haircut because I have thick hair. It is getting stacked against me. I have blonde, curly, thick hair. And the curls and the blonde and the thickness are now all extra money. You know... That is, that's pretty incredible considering most blondes are pretty fair and their hair is typically pretty thin. So you're one lucky young lady that you have thick hair. I am a true and, mutt. And, and blonde. <laughs> that doesn't happen very, very, very often at all. <laughs> so I think where we've really shown here is that, that budgeting is, is going to make your life better. Uh, and it may be painful at first. It may not be something that you enjoy very much. Um, but it's going to do the things for you that you honestly want to get out of life. And we all want more as we get older. We all want more, you know, as, as our financial situations uh, increase, as we get older and our careers move on um, and, and we evolve, uh, there's going to be the chances that we're going to have decisions to make about where we put the money. And the more you know, the more you know. That's a... It's NBC. NBC. <laughs> the more you know. There you go. No, and it, there's a learning curve, and I'm not going to pretend that there isn't one. And it's it can be rough when you're not used to budgeting. Is I found some statistics, too, from our friends over at Debt.com. 93% of respondents believe everyone needs a budget. Only about 67% of people have a budget. Yeah, that's a high number, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it breaks down to between men and women. A lot of people don't budget because they think that they don't need to budget. They don't make enough money. Which is crazy to me. It's the opposite. 
I see that now. <laughs> but as somebody who used to be there, it does make sense. Like, well, I don't really have much. Why do I Budgeting need is also, I mean, the thing is, even people that are high wealth, the typical thing is, is they have people to budget for them. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I know plenty of people that make plenty of money that are up to their eyeballs in debt. So it doesn't mean that you, because you make a large a sum of money, that you don't have to pay attention all of a sudden because it's just money, money, money. The fact is you can always spend more than you make. Yes. Trying That's to true. keep up with the uh, Kardashians. Keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, They're not I'll the Joneses that. anymore. It's not. <laughs> that is so funny. She said that. That's actually on one of our presentations. It is. It's like really? keeping up with the Joneses. And then we had a young intern. Change our, <laughs> change our And he said keeping up with the Kardashians. He told us is, that would make us cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. I don't think it's anymore. Working, no, it's not no. <laughs> It really, really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. So where, I guess, as we as we finish this podcast and, and this episode, I think people are going to want to walk away from this. How do I get started? And the first thing is start making goals for yourself. What are things that you really need to do? And write it down. And Yep, for sure. Yeah. And, and not only your needs, but your wants and deciding what are those, you know, there's, cause there is a difference between needs and wants as much as you want your hair to be nice and you're budgeted for it. If it, is it really a need at the end of the day? It yes. might, <laughs> it might not be, it just depends on the time, right? It, it, it might be something that you'd have to give up for a while and then go back to, because if something, I'm not saying you would give up your hair. And you could argue about that day all day long. But that's the thing is it becomes a decision. Or maybe spread them out a little further. And that yeah. could be too. But, you know, you got to deal with those split ends and all that stuff. So we, it's true. We don't want to deal with that. Second <laughs> is once you figure out what your goals are and what your needs versus your wants are, but those goals that are very important, is you want to keep track of your spending. People will always say, I don't have enough money. There's not, I guarantee you that if you track your expenses, you're going to find money. You're going to get yourself a pay raise indirectly, Yeah. but you will because you're going to figure that uh, where it is that you're putting money that you didn't really think you were. Definitely. It'll definitely relieve stress. It'll definitely relieve stress for sure. Without question. I, I think we've done a pretty good job here for our first podcast. Wouldn't you say? I think so. I think we've done pretty good. And um, I know that we're going to come back next week. This is our first one. Mm -hmm. So, Katie, why don't you guys give us a – what are we going to – what do we have to look forward to next, next week? Next week, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into credit scores. We're going to explain what it is, why you need to care about it, what kind of makes up your credit score. And we're also going to talk a little bit about credit reports. They all go together. They all yeah, tie all together. together. This all whole one big picture, this financial literacy world, Felipe, that you and I and, and Katie live in, uh, it's very broad. It is. Right? The, the budgeting and the reason we started off with this one is it's, it's the foundation for which all the rest of it works. But those credit scores are pretty darn important. <laughs> they are. So people, and especially you young ones, need to know uh, how, to, how to build it. And for those of you who have built yours – uh, unbeknownst to you in a very negative way, there are distinct ways in how to uh, rebuild it. Turn in next week and don't forget for more information, if, you, if you're interested uh, in, in learning more about all things financial literacy, you can go to the San Diego Financial Literacy Center. You can visit sdflc.org uh, if you're interested, if you if you have credit card debt, if you if there are you want to talk to a counselor about debts that you might have and you want to pay, you got to figure out how to pay them back. 
a good place to go is debtwave.org. Of course, you can go to the questions and comments. They're always welcome. Katie will be happy to get back to you. Uh, we will get will. back to you. You can find us on sure. Facebook as well. Um, and and you can also Twitter. At, don't miss those. When You guys, if you can plug those. When are those Twitter chats for the most part? Uh, the experience credit chat is uh, Wednesdays from... It's at uh, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. Yeah. Noon Pacific at 3 Eastern. That's Hashtag all. credit chat. Hashtag credit yeah. chat. That's all you need. That's all you need. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just plug right. that in and you'll start to see some answers. You can also email us at talkwealth at debtwave.org. That again is talkwealth at debtwave.org. Until next time, have a great time.